1 Kings uh, chapter 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, I wanna share a message with you that is uh, probably off topic for the weekend after Easter, um, but it's very on topic with what I believe God is wanting to say to us today. I, I wanna talk to you today about the principles of promotion. Principles of promotion. Um, you, you know, because Jesus is alive, that means anything's possible. And, and so what I refuse to do in my life is settle for anything that I can do without God. I refuse to settle for a life that doesn't need the supernatural power of God in it. And I believe that because Jesus has resurrected, Jesus has gone to be seated at the right hand of the Father and he has sent his spirit to us, he said, he's, the Bible tells us that the same spirit that raised him from the dead is living inside of us. And so if that same spirit can raise him out of a grave, can elevate him into the presence of God, then how much can that spirit do for us to elevate us and to promote what God wants to do through us and in us. Because really promotion, the Bible teaches us, promotion comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from the north, the south, the east, or the west. It comes from the Lord. God exalts people. And I want to talk to you today about the type of people that God promotes. All right, this is gonna be fun. All right, 1 Kings chapter 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, and I'm gonna start in verse 19. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so hopefully you can follow along on the screens if you want. If you don't, you can read in, in your New King James, or if you're like used to when I, when I would teach at some of the schools in the area, Christian school, they, they would tell me, you cannot use any other translation except for the King James Version. And so if you, if you feel like that, that's cool. I understand that. My dad, my dad spells words the way the King James Version spells words. He, he can talk like that sometimes in private. He just talk like that in public. Y'all remember you were in church and somebody, they say, thus says the Lord. And you're like, you don't talk like that. That's not how you talk. That's King James Version prophecy right there. That's not, that's not normal speak. Sometimes my dad, he's, he knows so much of scripture from the King James Version. Like I've said things sometimes and I've, I've quoted a different version. He's like, that ain't in the Bible. And I'm like, yeah, it is. He's like, not in the King James Version, son. That is not what it says. So I get it. I get it. I love the King James Version. Uh, but I'm going to read from this and, and, and I don't believe it takes anything out of context in this, this particular passage. Watch this. First Kings chapter 19, verse 19 says, so Elijah went out and found Elisha, the son of Shavah, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. Promotion. He just got promoted. It looks like a demotion. He's, he's, not, 
he's not going with Elisha to be prophet 1A. He left this incredible livelihood and position and security to follow this prophet into the unknown. Tells me something about God's plan for your life. It's worth leaving anything and everything. It's one of the things that I love about the account of the disciples when they were called by Jesus. They didn't really give a whole lot of thought to following Jesus. They just thought he was so worthy that they dropped everything they were doing and followed him. That's why the rich young ruler, when he came to Jesus and said, I wanna follow you, Jesus said, well, there's one thing that's keeping you back from following me. It's your stuff. So I need you to get rid of anything that keeps you from following me. That's a tough decision to make. But do you believe Jesus is worth leaving it all, risking it all, turning away from it all to follow after Jesus? I believe he is with all my heart. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the opportunity to be here in your house today. God, I'm asking that over these next few moments that you would give us a word from heaven, something that's going to not just impact us here on Sunday, but it's gonna transform our lives on Monday. We give you praise and honor and glory for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. So in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 16, God tells Elijah to go find Elisha and anoint him as the next prophet, to anoint him as the next prophet. And, and, and Elijah does this in such a, such a cool way. I wish I had this, this much swag, like you could just walk by somebody, throw your jacket on them, and just like walk away. And they would know exactly what you were doing, like, that would be so cool, right? So that's what Elijah basically does. The Bible says he walks by, he throws his coat on Elisha, and he walks away. And Elisha must have understood. It must have been just a part of culture that that's how the call of God came. That's how God would call you out of what you were doing into something else. So he doesn't ask any questions. He immediately runs after Elisha or Elijah. He says, hey, let me kiss my parents goodbye and I'll come follow you. And then the Bible says something very interesting because sometimes when we've been called but we turn back to say goodbye, that can be a trap. That's why Jesus talks about no man who uh, puts his hand to the plow and looks back is, is worthy, right? Because sometimes in the looking back, we get stuck. It becomes a trap. And so he says, listen, go back, say bye to your parents, but don't forget what I have done to you. Don't forget what I have done to you. And I think that's God's call to us as we leave this place and go into our lives every, every week. You're gonna go back, but don't you forget, come on, what I did. How easy it is, isn't it, to forget what God did on Sunday when we wake up to Monday. Have you ever thought, man, have you ever walked out of this place like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything God has called me to do. I'm gonna storm the gates of hell this week. I'm gonna take back what the devil stole. And then you woke up Monday, Monday morning and forgot all about that. 
Maybe it took till Tuesday, but you were like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do this, and I'm going to start this, and, I'm gonna, and you get up, and you're like, oh, it's, it's Monday again. And there's, there's, there's something that happens when we go back. But God says, when you go back, it's, I understand that you need to go back and say goodbye, but I don't want you to forget what I, what I called you to, what I've, what I've said to you, what I'm trying to do in your life. And the Bible says that Elisha, he goes back, he, he says goodbye to his parents, and then he actually does something really interesting. He, he, uh, he kills uh, the cattle that he was leading. He didn't kill the whole, the whole crew. He, he killed the ones that he was, because there's some business that still had to be done there. Come on, just because you leave something doesn't mean that... <laughs> it's dead for everybody else. Come on, somebody. Just because you walked out doesn't mean God isn't still there. Come on, somebody. Just because you left and you went away doesn't mean God isn't still in that situation. See, that's the one thing we've got to understand about God is he loves the people and the things we leave just as much as we love the thing that we're going to. And he loves you, but he loves them too. And I think sometimes we think that God is gonna make good for us at the expense of somebody else. And that's not the God we serve. He's not trying to elevate you so that he can demote and push down somebody else. What he has for you is for you. God doesn't have to hurt anybody to get what he has for you. He doesn't have to do damage to anybody to get what you need to get. He doesn't have to destroy somebody's life so that you can experience everything that God has for you. Stop praying for that kind of stuff. God, take them out. <laughs> you didn't have to do that. It's not the God we serve. So the, even though Elisha is moving on, business has to still carry on. So he killed the cattle that he was using, and he actually took them and uh, killed them, and not just them, but the equipment that he was using, and he used it to serve the entire community. He used it to serve the entire community. He used it to serve the entire community community. I, I just want you to know something that before you leave and you go on to something else, you better have been fruitful in what you leave enough that there's enough to serve people with it. Whew. Don't go into something and then just be like, oh, this ain't going to work and run out of it. No, you need to be fruitful wherever God places you. And we're going to talk about this because there's, there are a lot of, a lot of people that live frustrated with God. They're like, they, 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 they know there's resurrection power, there's supernatural power, and they see that God has all of this ability and all this power, but they look at their own life and they're like, where, where is he? Where is, where is that for me? Why, is, why are my prayers not being answered? Why am I not receiving the thing that I'm supposed to receive? Why am I not walking in the fulfillment? And so we start asking these questions and we get frustrated with God and we, we've got to understand something that there, there, is, there are principles associated with promotion, that there, there, there is a price that is paid for elevation. Do you understand? See, this is different from God saving you and loving you. This is God taking you to another level. This, is, this isn't good, just God's grace to save you from hell, but this is, this is that sanctification work that God wants to do to take you from the person you were into the person he has always designed for you to be. Now you can get saved and you can stay there and you can live your life. On, 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 on milk, but God wants you to move on from the, from, from the small things and into some larger things for your life. He wants you to have some steak dinner in your life, and all the meat eaters said amen, somebody, and all the vegans, maybe, maybe you could just forget that 
for today. Just like, yeah, I want a steak. I want to eat steak in the kingdom. Come on, somebody. Like, you don't have to eat a literal steak, but you could eat kingdom steak. Is anybody? All right. Just for today. You have some of that tofu. Everybody go to Barberitos and get tofu from there? No way. Who does that? So we ain't trying to eat Christian tofu today. Kingdom tofu. We're trying to have a kingdom filet However you say that other word, mignon, minion, mignon. You know, I don't know how that, that's a weird word. That's what we're trying to have. So how, <laughs> so dumb. So how do you, how do you move on? How do, you, how do you move on in the things of God? How do you move forward in the things of God? How do you position yourself for the favor of God? There's some principles to this thing. Favor, grace is the unmerited favor of God. It's, 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 oh man. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. And so you, you don't do anything to earn them, but watch this. Faith, you don't do anything to earn grace, but faith is the door to access it. So in other words, salvation, the grace that is required for you to be saved is available to everybody, but everybody isn't saved. Only the people that position themselves to receive his grace through the door called faith. So I'm just, I'm just wanting to tell you something today that you position yourself for favor. The Bible says that he resists the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble. There's a, there's a position that you need to take for God to promote you. And I want to talk about those. First thing I see in this story is this. First thing I see is this. When Elijah comes upon Elisha, he's working. <laughs> he's working. Can I, can I tell you, you're not positioning yourself for favor when you are idle. Some, some people, I'm like, they're like, I, 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 God's got a plan for my life. God is going to use me. And I'm like, well, what are you doing about it? Oh, I'm just praying and fasting. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing? I get it. I think prayer and fasting is, an, is a normal uh, part of the process and a very essential part of the process. But, but can I tell you something? If all you're doing is praying and fasting and you're not working, you aren't positioning yourself for the favor of God. You aren't positioning yourself for that mantle, that, that garment which represents God taking you to another level. You aren't putting yourself in the position for God to do that in your life because God isn't looking for idle people. The Bible says that his eyes roam to and fro. They're looking for people that are what? They're active. They're worshiping. They're, they're living for God. They, they are doing for God. They're, they're not just sitting saying, God, one day you're going to just come and you're just going to get me out of my mom's basement and you're going to get me uh, you know, out here while I'm just kind of in the field praying and just, and just spinning around and hoping for good things. No, 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 no. God said, I will find you where you are active. If you look for anybody in scripture, even in Gideon's case, he was hiding, but he was working. He was hiding, but he was working. He, he was threshing wheat in a wine press. 
He was, I'm sorry, he was crushing grapes in, in, a, in a place of, which one was it? I can't even remember right now. <laughs> I, I had a panic attack this morning. Y'all have to understand, like, I'm out of my mind right now. So anyhow, that's probably a revelation you didn't know, that, that you didn't, you probably didn't need to know that this morning, but I, I did. I, I was brushing my teeth and have a, had a panic attack, and it wasn't about preaching. It just happened out of nowhere. I'm just, this is a counseling session right now. This is just open up. Just pull out your notebook and just lean back and be like, oh God, here we go. He's got a, he was threshing wheat in a wine press is what he was doing. That's what he was doing. Don't you, don't you look at me like, like that. But he was working. Watch this. When he found Peter, what was Peter doing? Fishing. When you look through scripture, God doesn't come to people who are like, man, I just, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to sit here, and I, I, I don't know what God's call for my life is, so I'm just going to kind of wait on him, I'm just going to kind of wait on the Lord. That's not what the word wait on the Lord even means. That means to be actively, actively doing something for the, the, the picture is someone who waits a table. It's not somebody who's just got their arms crossed like, God, I'm just sitting here waiting, I'm just waiting for you to come along and just call my name and, and just do something in my life. God, would you give me your mantle? God, I need more of your favor. God says, no, I want to give you something, but I need you to be working because I need people who are going to work. <laughs> I need people who are going to get up and do something. So he found him working. Proverbs 13 and 4 says this, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Some people are like, I don't know what to do. And I always say this, do what you know to do. I don't know what's next. Well, you probably know what's now. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do in five years. Well, let's talk about today. Can we just talk about today? How about, how about you apply for a job? Well, every job I apply for, there's no openings. And I'm like, well, what are you applying for? Well, I applied for the manager position over here. I applied for the president job over here. I'm like, well, you, you know, Ingalls um, is hiring people. Well, I'm too good for Ingalls. I, I, I don't feel like Ingalls is my calling. Sometimes you just, see, pushing that plow and following those cattle was not his ultimate calling. But he didn't just sit around like, I'm too, I'm too good for pushing cattle. And he's not just sitting in his dad's house waiting for the prophet to show up and give him something that he isn't working towards. You got to work towards it. Oh, man, that's really good. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 says, For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. It'd be a lot of hungry people. If that were the case, for we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. I've never met someone who is a hard worker that has time to talk about what everybody else is doing. Oh, man, I, 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 I used to get these emails from this person all the time, and they would always, in these emails, they were always complaints about stuff. Like, like, not just complaints about me or complaints about the church, just complaints about everything. And you know, you know what I discovered? I discovered that the only reason this person had so much time to send me all these emails is because this person didn't have a job. And one day, I just got so frustrated, I, I, I sent an email back, and I usually, I don't ever send an email back. I sent an email back and I said, you need to get a job. 
You have way too much time on your hands because when you aren't using your hands to work and your mind to be creative, the only thing you do is go down. The only thing you do is spiral down into this cesspool of negativity to where all you notice is everybody else is blessed, everybody else is working, everybody else is doing something. What's my problem? Your problem is you're not working. Man, that's good. I don't know about you. Somebody needs to hear that word. Somebody needs to send that email. Get a job. You got all this time to sit around and think about what I'm doing. Why? Because you ain't doing nothing. Oh, my goodness. Second thing, willing to serve. It's the second principle for promotion. First is already working. Second is willing to serve. The Bible says about Elisha that he became Elijah's servant. He he didn't follow Elijah because it was gonna give him a bigger platform. He, he He didn't connect himself to Elijah because it was gonna make him famous. He, he, didn't, he didn't say yes to Elijah because it was going to increase his, his social media followers. He was going to get a higher clout score. He didn't do it for that. He did it simply because he wanted to serve what God was doing through Elijah. So, serving is, is such a lost art in our culture. And the reason it's so lost is because social media um, is killing the idea, the beauty of serving. Because what it does is it, it creates in you and in our culture, it creates a need for recognition that makes people live for likes and not purpose. So, so many people, they feel purposeless because they're living for likes. They're living for approval. They're doing what they're doing for people to say thumbs up. Oh, wow, look at you. Whoa, look what you did. Wow, look what you created. Wow, look what you, and, 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 and the Bible doesn't teach us that that's beneficial to us finding purpose. I've met people that you'll never meet in your life that will never be on a stage, they will never have a Twitter account, never have an Instagram. Why? Because they live in parts of the world where the internet isn't easily accessible. <laughs> and do you know that I've found that those kind of people have a deeper sense of purpose than people with jobs that we all think we would love? Jobs that we all think would give us fulfillment and satisfaction. I've had, I've had young preachers and people who want to be in ministry say, well, well, if, if I had your position and I got to preach in front of all of those people, then I feel like I would feel like I was making a difference. And I'd say, it doesn't matter how large the crowd gets. If you don't find purpose outside of the pulpit, this part, then you'll never find purpose. What I'm doing right now, it cannot be the thing that brings meaning to my life. 
It cannot be the thing that brings value to my life. Because listen, if you live for people's approval, Tim Keller said you'll die when there's a lack of it. And the problem in our culture is we have been building our lives so much on approval and people liking us and, and people recognizing us that we have, we have literally built our lives, like the Bible teaches, on sand. And every wind that comes around and knocks us off, any negativity, any criticism, any pushback, we get, why? Because we were living for approval. We were living for approval. He gave up being in charge to serve. How do you know he's in charge? Because he, he burned up the equipment, killed the animals. You can't do that unless you're running things. <laughs> the owner would have come out and been like, hey, what are you doing burning this? Bro, I'm still gonna use this. He was in charge. His father was in charge of the whole field. He had the authority. He, he had the, the ability to do it. And he was running things and said, you know what? The call of God is more important than me being recognized yeah. by people. And listen, you're gonna have to make that decision. If you're gonna position yourself for promotion, you cannot get caught up in living for the recognition and approval of people. You can't do it. This is what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 23. It says, the greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. <laughs> Here's our problem. We think serving is a means to greatness. Serving is a means to an end. No, serving is the end. Serving is the promotion. They asked Billy Graham one time, they said, why don't you run for president? He said, because it would be a demotion. Amen. I'm already living my best life. I don't need a position to give me my best life. I don't need your approval to make my life good. I don't need your validation to make my life good. I don't need a bunch of likes on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to make me feel valuable. That's what you gotta decide. And until you make that decision, Elijah will walk by, but he won't throw the mantle. Favor will come by, but favor will pass you by because you haven't positioned yourself for it. Oh, man. Proverbs 3.34 says this. It says, he has no use for conceited people, but he shows favor to the humble. James 4 and 6 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And there are some people, listen to me, Business people, entrepreneurs, uh, young people trying to, trying to uh, maybe get into ministry or become 
preacher, a pastor, an evangelist, whatever it is, whatever it is, listen, if you're trying to make your way into any door and you're trying to, to, to elevate your life, you're trying to build your life, you're trying to get promoted, can I tell you this? Some people are so busy building their brand, their name, their reputation, and here's the problem with that. Anything you build, you must sustain. Psalm 127 and one says, unless the Lord builds the house, though that they that build it labor in vain. I met young people and they're just like, I need to get my name out there. I'm gonna start a blog and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start a business and I'm gonna, I'm gonna start this and I'm gonna start this. Can, can I ask you this question? Did God tell you to? Because if God didn't tell you to do it and you build it, you've wasted your time. Because unless the Lord builds you, unless the Lord promotes you, unless the Lord favors you and graces you, then you have put all of that labor in for nothing. Hmm. That's hitting home, isn't it? Because so, we spend so much of our time trying to build our brand, build our reputation, build our success, build our little kingdom. And God says, if I don't build it, it's gonna fail. Third thing, you gotta be willing to leave what is familiar. He does the same thing with, with, with Abraham as he does with Elisha, God does it, it's not Elijah, but God says to Abraham, Abraham, he says, go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land that I will show you. You cannot fully embrace your future while clinging and holding on to your past. Watch what he says, he says, hey, can I go say goodbye to my parents? I need to kiss my mom and dad goodbye. He says, sure, why? Because you, sometimes you cannot move on until you kiss some things goodbye. There are some things in your life you have to say goodbye to. You have to shut the door on. That brings me to my next point, committed. So when you, when you are willing to leave what is familiar, you're gonna have to be a committed person because when you get out into the unfamiliar, you're gonna, be have, to, you're gonna have to be committed to the things you don't understand. This is, this is really good for us because watch what happens. The Bible says that he takes, he takes the cattle and he takes the, the tools and he burns it all. In other words, he's saying this. I don't have anything to come back to. There's nothing for me to come back to. If I get out here and I get lonely and I feel isolated and I feel confused and I'm doubting the thing that God has asked me to do, if, if I don't burn the bridges to the past, then it'll be easy for me to walk back and just put that yoke back on and be following those cattle around. But I have to burn it so that there's no way for me to get back to it. I just need you to know this morning that there are some things in your life you got to burn the bridges to. Some relationships, come on somebody, that you got to burn, you got to close the door on. You got to shut the chapter of that book in your life. You got to delete that phone from your phone. You got to block that number from your call list. Come on somebody. I'm just telling you, if you don't, you'll get out here serving God and then it won't look like the way you thought it was going to look. And the next thing you know, you'll turn right back around and there's that phone number. 
you got to burn it. You got you to move on. You got to be committed to your future. And the only way to stay committed to your future is to, is to walk away, to shut the door on your past. Some of you, there's some sin that you need to walk away from. You're saved, but you're still, you're still doing the same thing that you were doing when you were unsaved. For a moment, you, you were out. For a moment, you had, you had walked out, but you didn't burn the bridges to your past. And so you got out there and you got a few weeks into Christianity or maybe even a few years into Christianity and you got disappointed, you got frustrated. And those same things, you, you stopped crucifying the flesh, you, you, you stopped attending church because somebody hurt your feelings, you, you stopped praying because something you prayed for didn't, didn't happen the way you thought it was gonna happen, and, and, and so you begin to open up those doors back to those things that you used to do, and now you find yourself all the way back. You're saved, but you're plowing. You're saved, but you're back where you used to be. And God said, the, the way you get out is you burn those bridges. You take away the access point to what you used to do. Come on, somebody, listen to me. If, if, if your phone is a problem and it's causing you to sin, get rid of it. If your computer is messing up your marriage and your purity and your relationship, kick it out of your house. I know this sounds old-fashioned, but sometimes in order to get over it, you got to burn the bridges to your past. I know they might be your roommate, but they are no good for you. You need to find a cheaper apartment and learn how to make it on your own. I don't know what you've got to do, but some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. To move forward, you have to burn away the past. You gotta do it, and God doesn't do that for us. God doesn't do that for us. He will give us the grace, he will give us the desire, he will put in us a new heart, but we have to say yes. He will put the mantle, but we have to turn and run to Elijah. He will give us a call, but we have to say, I'm leaving it all, and I'm burning. He burned, Elisha burned it. God didn't burn it, Elijah didn't burn it. Elijah didn't even tell him to burn it. He just said, I don't want access to what I used to be because if I have access to it, I know who I am and I'll go back to it. You think too much of yourself if you keep surrounding yourselves with the things that you used to do and the people that you used to do that with. You think too much of yourself. Man, that's good. And I don't care who doesn't like that. You needed to hear that today. For some of you, that will be the thing that changes your life. You've been going around in circles. Why are you going around in circles? Because you keep going here, but you keep circling back around to there. God said, you'll stop going around in circles when you burn it up. Man, you gotta be committed. He he was so committed to his future. The Bible tells us in 2 Kings chapter two that even, even Elijah tried to get rid of him. Even the guy he said, hey, I'm gonna follow you, try to get rid of Even the guy who said, hey, come follow me. I want you to be my assistant, said, hey, get out of here. He, he told him three different times. Second Kings chapter two, verse two, he said, hey, uh, God's sending me to Bethel, stay here. Elisha said, no, as the Lord lives and as you live, I, I'm not gonna leave you. Second Kings chapter two, verse six, he 
it's, or verse four, he does it again. He says, hey, hey uh, Elisha, stay here. God is sending me to Jericho. He said, nope, I'm never leaving you. Second Kings chapter two, verse six. He says, stay here. God is sending me to the Jordan. He says, nope, I'm sticking it out. And after three opportunities to walk away, he finally goes, well, you've been hanging around me so much, you won't go away from me, you won't leave, so what can I do for you when I die? Here's, here's, here's the true test of promotion. He says, can you give me a double portion of your spirit? Elijah says, you have asked a hard thing, but if you see me when I'm taken, it's yours. Amen. Now watch this. This is what I love about it. He would, have never, he would have never gotten to ask this question had he walked away. And there are some things that are missing from your life because you walked away. You didn't stick it out. You got your feelings hurt and you walked away. I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, something that was so hard of a break, you know, something so scandalous and so ridiculous that you shouldn't have walked away from it. I'm just talking about the stuff, the little things that make us walk away. The, the, the times people hurt our feelings. Well, they, did, they, they hurt my feelings. I'm leaving that church. That person hurt my feelings. They, they didn't like my Facebook post. I'm, I'm blocking them. How many times have we walked away because our feelings got hurt? He said, no, I'm not walking away. I'm committed. I don't have anything to go back to. It's like the disciples said to Jesus, where else are we gonna go? You alone have the words of eternal life. I don't have anything to go back to. I don't have any other option. I don't have, a, I don't have an alternative. I, I don't, there is no go back for me. He said, okay, what do you want? I want a double portion of your, of your spirit. I love this because just before he asked him this question, Elijah had taken his garment and he had hit some water and the water had parted. He had used that garment many times to do incredible miracles. But I love that Elisha didn't ask for the garment. He asked for his spirit. See, this is, this is, this is the most important principle of promotion, motive. Motive. What do you want it for? James 4 tells us that sometimes you pray and you don't get what you're praying for because the only reason you were asking for it is for your own fleshly desires. You only wanted it for you. You didn't want to be blessed to be a blessing. You just want to be blessed so you can get a bigger house. And God says, I don't answer those kind of prayers. <laughs> wow. The motive has to be right. So you say, I don't, I don't really care about the garment. I want your spirit. That's what God wants from us. God, I don't care about the gifts. I want the giver. Like, I, God, God I, don't, I don't care about all of that stuff. I, I, I know that you can bless me, and I know that you can prosper me. God, I don't really care about all of that. I want you. I want you. And is that the motive? Is that the motive? Is that why you want promotion? Is that why you want to advance? Is that why you want elevation? Is that why you want a platform? Is that why you want what you want? Because if that is why, then you can be sure of this. He resists the proud, but his favor 
rests on humble people. Can you stand to your feet this morning? Is that helpful? Second Kings chapter two, verse seven through nine. He asked for it. He asked for a double portion. And we know that this was his intention because it's what he was known for. One day they were, three kings had gathered and they were looking for a prophet and they said, is there not a prophet in all of the land? And somebody goes, well, there, Elisha, you remember Elisha, he was the, he was the one who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Some of you think that the reason you're gonna move into promotion is somebody's gonna come along and say, hey, you remember them? They did that extraordinary thing. They changed the world. They invented this. They had that. No, sometimes it's just gonna be, I know of someone. They've been faithful to serve. Man, this is where God wants us. He wants us pure in heart. He wants our motives to be pure. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Give us clean hands. Give us a pure heart. Amen.